Hello and a welcome to Bend the Knee, a song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. I almost said nuts of House Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over here looking at my rankings, making sure because they're tight because we got more rankings to do today. We got another top five coming at you and uh, it's 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 a spicy one. Well, speaking of nuts, let me tell you, this one was hard. Okay, yes. so uh, this this ranking was actually more difficult than the episodes which we did. So this is our top five favorite characters. So top five favorite characters, or what, or maybe like top five, what we, what we consider to be the best performances. Yes, I think is is sort of another way to view it. Because if it was just my top five char- favorite characters, there wouldn't be a single green on this list. But um, you know, so it's going to be top five performances. Now we're going to be separating. There's you know a lot of different age groups as well. So again, I don't know. Just like last week, I don't know what Jimmy has. He doesn't know what I have. And then we'll also do our worst character. And man, we're going to do some honorable mentions too because this was tough. Because some characters who I really thought, you know, man, in trying to view this without sort of recency bias, you know. It's been a while since we saw some of these characters because of the age jumps and, you know, jumping up. And then some of these characters is like, man, can I actually put this person on the list when they're only in it for like maybe three episodes? Because episode nine was pretty much an all green episode. And then episode 10 was pretty much an all black episode. So even some of the older actresses and actors were, were only in like three episodes. So that also made it kind of difficult. So <laughs> I'm really, I'm, my like number six you know we'll we'll get to it because it might be on your list uh so we'll do some honorable mentions at the end but man i just feel so bad for my number six because they're only in a few episodes but their performance was so strong i was like this might have to make my top five but i just couldn't i just couldn't do it so yeah yeah, i was actually gonna ask if we could do some honorable mentions because there's there's two that i really wanted to put maybe even three actually that i wanted to put on my list that did not make it I know I have yeah, one I have I have one that I'm looking at. I'm like, how is this character not on my list at all? And I'm just like, ah, it's just so tough when you're only doing five characters and I'm trying to not be, you know, black biased. Yes. Right. You know, uh, so I got to have I was like the greens, even if I don't like them right, then they're going to be on my list. So, Jimmy, I'll let you go first. And same t- thing as last time, if we have some of these, but they might be higher or lower. You know, we can hold off until we get to the other person's list, but I'll let you go first. Number, well, who's your number five? My number five, and this is maybe a spicy one here, is Young Amen. Oh, okay. Because I think the episode where Amen claims Vagar is so good. <laughs> and I also loved his performance in that scene, not just writing Vagar, but coming back, having the fight with the strong boys. I'm, I mean, Rhaenyra's children. And, um, you know, and also the performance after the big family drama and the fallout, and it's okay because I lost an eye, but we gained the dragon. I was so impressed with this actor uh, in general as I watched the episode, but then watching the behind the scenes, and I actually saw the actor... Uh, sitting in a chair talking and he acts nothing like Eamon. Like I kind of figure like that's just how the actor portrays himself, yeah. but even sounded different. And Leo, uh, Ash- Leo Ashton is his, yes. is his name. He did a fantastic job. And I know a lot of people are like, well, it's acting Jimmy. I know, but I was just, you know, kid actors can be hit or miss or sometimes, you know, they're kind of one note. I just think that this kid did a fantastic job of getting over the character of Eamon. And then when the time jump happened, and I also like that actor. Um, 
you know, he was set up with success, I think, from that episode. So I'm actually going to pick young Eamon, who I think only shows up in what one episode? Two? Uh, two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Two. So, yeah. Not meant not much uh, in far uh, as far as, um, you know, multiple episodes go, but really impactful for me. So I wanted to squeeze this one in here because I just thought it was uh, tremendous and really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not on my list, but I will say one of the other things I think we should talk about when we talk about these younger act actors and actresses. I mean, he's 14, right? So it's not like like, you know, Millie Alcock and and um, uh, Emily Carey, who plays young, the younger uh Allison, right? Uh, they're, I think both, oh, I think they're both like 18 or 19. So, you know, there, there's, it's, it's, that's a huge, it's huge for kids when you talk about yeah. that. And then sometimes you think about like children actors or, you know, even teenage actors, there's like a big difference between being in stuff, you know, which a lot of times they get cast for, like, just think of stuff like, you know, Disney channel, you know, sitcoms, stuff like that. And game of Thrones, I mean, Game of Thrones is like the most adult drama show you can possibly find. So to have that type of performance that comes out, that's, you know, like it feels like it goes so in line with these other characters. I mean, it's like it goes in line. It's like we can cut from a scene of Matt Smith's Damon Targaryen to uh, this. Uh, what's his uh, Leo Ashton as young Eamon. And it, it's a flawless transition. I impressive. mean, see, like that's the degree of difficulty is higher, right? Yeah. And so to have that performance shine through, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, it, like I said, it was also hard not to because I'll, I'll be honest, uh, older Eamon did not make my list. You know, I'll go ahead and say it, man. I he is my number six, and I feel so <laughs> bad. He almost made my list. It was I literally he. It's between him and my number five, who I'll, I'll get to here in a second. He did. He was. He almost knocked him off just because, even though he's only in three episodes, his performance is so good <laughs> that he just steals every single second he is on screen. And I, I 100% think that next season he will be like the the guy. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it's hard not to put him on the list. It's hard. <laughs> right. It's hard. It, but it, it's only three episodes and there was 10 episodes. So, you know, we, you got to go back. You got room to grow. What episodes one through five, man? You know, you got to get some of those people in there, too. So, OK. Yeah. All right. My number five. Um, and I always cannot pronounce this guy's name correctly. Um, Rice Iffens, is that how you pronounce it? Anyway, he's um, Otto Hightower, right? Who's an actor who are you kind of, he's actually this actor who sometimes like, you kind of forget actually like what he's been in. He was in Spider-Man, the Andrew Garfield ones, where you, and then he was Nikki. in, he's in Little Nicky. He's yeah. in The Replacements. I mean, you yeah, know, he's that's definitely, true. Yeah. Um, but the reason I chose him was again, he's in a lot of, he's in, he's in the whole season, essentially. Uh, I mean, he's kind of scattered throughout, but he's, he feels he's start to finish. And it's one of these things where it's last week when we did our favorite episodes, I picked, you know, some of these episodes where the greens are winning because you need that. You have to have that back and forth mm -hmm. drama. And his hand of the king is so different than, say, like Charles Dance's Tywin Lannister, right? Or Tywin, you're almost rooting for at some points, you know, even though <laughs> Lannister are supposed to be the bad guys. But you still find yourself rooting for him because he's just so good. Here, 
I don't find myself rooting for Otto Hightower at any moment in time, which means he's a great villain. And he's a really, really good, it's a really good performance because if he's causing me to really yeah. hate them, one of the things you view in villains is I think there's a couple different ways to go, right? There's like the monstrous villains. Sometimes it is a monster, you know, depending on what you're watching. Like the Night King is a monster. You're scared of them, right? Then you have those like just ultra evil characters like a Joffrey or a Ramsey. And I use this analogy a lot when talking about Harry Potter, when I talk about the villain that is, I think, the best cast, best sort of done villain in Harry Potter is Dolores Umbridge. Why? Because she is actually like priestly, right? Every minute she's on screen or you're reading the book, you absolutely hate them because they come across as sort of like so clean, so pious, right? That it feels like they can't actually do anything wrong, but you just want them to because you hate mm -hmm. them so. And that's like what Otto Hightower is, is he always feels like he's doing the right thing, right? And it's just like, God, you just hate those people. And that means his performance is great. <laughs> Yeah, and also just using people to whatever logical ends that he sees fit when not really thinking about the impact, like sending Allison to Viserys and things like that mm -hmm. and telling her to wear her dead mother's dress. I mean, he's a calculated yeah. uh, guy, you know, and, and very hateable, very hateable. Yeah. And like when he shows up in the final episode and he's standing across from Dave and he's presenting terms, you're just like, God, I just hate this guy. Which means his performance. So good. Yeah, so good. I would agree with that. Okay, did you have him on your list? I guess I shouldn't have jumped way ahead because I... Nope. He's okay. He Okay, that's fine. Okay, perfect. He is not on your list. Okay, so what is your number four, Jimmy? My number four is Rhaenys Targaryen, uh, which is played, I believe, by Eve Best. Hopefully I'm getting yes. the name right. Um, yeah, so I thought the Rhaenys character uh, went through a ton this season, clearly. Also was there for the majority of the season and a lot of the episodes um in, in the credits and yeah i just thought that with saying very little she was able to relay a lot of information and plays a very key role not just in the show but in targaryen history and also giving us insights to corliss and how that and how their relationship developed and how you know they see this opportunity to get to the iron throne and um you know a little bit of their ambition as well so i i thought that she had a full array of emotions throughout the uh, season and also had some of my favorite lines for sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't think the stranger cares whether my eyes are open or not. Um, and I just think that her grief in the episode where she believes that Lainor has been murdered is like visceral uh, in her reaction. And I thought that, you know, that, that's a scene that, you know, she could, it could, it came across as like, okay, Lainor is dead. But like, I felt her loss in that moment. And uh, yeah, I thought uh Rainey's Targaryen was an outstanding performance. Yeah, did not make my list, um, but I would definitely 100% agree. And I think it's also cool because we, we, I've said this before, is that Game of Thrones, you have like six or seven different points of views, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the show, right? You got Dothraki's over here. You got John at the wall. Then you got all the different houses doing what they're doing. So you jump around a lot. Here, it's much more straightforward. So you really need that sort of third outlier party which in a lot of cases was really like Damon kind of doing his thing. And mm -hmm. then you had um, the Valerians and of course, and then Rhaenys uh, Targaryen as well. So I a hundred percent agree. And she was in a lot of the season or she was in, yeah, she was in a lot of the episodes. 
uh, there's no actress change, whatever. But I do also feel like she really portrayed this like Targaryen. Like if you read the books, right. And you read the histories about the like Targaryens and, you know, just their personalities and everything, because we don't really see that many in game of Thrones, right. You get a little bit of Viserys and then Daenerys and then, you know, John, but we don't really get any. So I, it just, it came across as so, so well this season. You're forgetting the Targaryen up at the wall. Oh, I said, John. Oh, Maester Raymond. Yes. Maester yes. Raymond. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, and, I forgot too. <laughs> well, and I guess blood Raven, blood Raven, but they yeah. don't ever, they don't ever say, they don't ever confirm. That's not show canon in the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. My number four, you might have her on your list. I have Olivia Cook, Allison. I do not. Whoa. I don't have a single Allison on my list. In fact. <clears throat> yeah. I will say um, the reason I chose, obviously, the older actress here is I, and we said this throughout, uh, not that Emily Carey did a bad job as Allison, but she, she was just sort of a background character for her episodes. When she did have moments to shine, I thought she did it very well. Mm-hmm. But Olivia Cook was really able to portray her character that character Allison much more uh, and she was given a lot more time to shine in the episodes uh, she had I really like the direction they're going with the character which in the books we've said she comes across as this like totally evil manipulative person but here I like that it's a little different to where they're at least making it seem like she's not this totally evil, manipulative person. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of these things she genuinely feels like she's trying to do the right thing, right? Except at one point she tells Aegon, one day you're going to be king. And then she's really surprised when there was a plot that went on for like a decade to put him on the throne. So <laughs> and I don't know, okay? <laughs> yeah, I uh, it, honestly, Carrie's performance was very very good and like you said kind of sparing leading up and except for the smaller parts but really her best part was her last episode whenever she comes into the wedding feast right and she's mm-hmm. wearing green and, and that those moments were huge so i almost felt like we didn't get to see the best of that performance um but right. then olivia cook comes in pretty seamlessly and takes over uh to the point where my wife didn't even realize that there was a switch in actresses right she was like i did not even realize because rainier is a little more obvious i think right um but yeah allison uh allison was a smooth transition for sure yeah and i yeah i just really felt like uh, she had a huge performance and even though she was she was only in the show for four episodes because she wasn't in the final episode i felt like it really it really all of those performances were just so important and powerful in building that character so yeah okay um your number three jimmy my number three is older Rhaenyra played by Emma Darcy. I, yeah. So the opening shot of Emma Darcy walking from childbirth to go confront Alicent is, I mean, immediately solidified that that scene was shot in a way, you know, it was a one shotter all the way up the stairs and people like rumbling around her lane were at the side and you start to piece together things about Lanor and uh, Rhaenyra's relationship. Just by that walk, 10 years goes by and they start filling those gaps from the outset of the episode. And I think it's only possible because you have such a strong performance from Emma Darcy. And then the final shot of the season 
being Emma Darcy's face. I thought it was epic. I really loved it. I felt like I could like see the melancholy developing as these burdens lay, you know, thicker and thicker on Rhaenyra. And that just isn't a testament to Emma Darcy's performance. Yeah. Um, so actually my number three is Millie Alcock as young. Oh, here Rhaenyra. we go. Yes, <laughs> young Rhaenyra. And we ran a poll and we got 20,000 votes. And again, Guys, we only have 5,000 subscribers. So if you guys are on these polls where we're getting 10, you know, four times the amount of subscribers, if you guys could just click that subscribe button, we'd really appreciate it. But um, <laughs> it ended up being 58% to 42% as to who, I guess, which performance you like. But all the comments are like, we love both. And I love both. Um, and actually, older Rhaenyra is not on my list. So I guess there is a chance that young Rhaenyra could be on Jimmy's list. But... Uh, I don't think so, because I think we probably have the same number one and number two. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, but I guess for me, I guess the reason I sort of thought that young Rhaenyra's performance was so good was one, she got to be in five episodes as opposed to uh, Emma Darcy, who was only in four. Also, because I felt like, you know, really the first half, they focus a lot on Rhaenyra and the second half, you get a lot of focus on Alicent. And so I felt like that kind of shifted as well as now you have the younger kids and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting, really. It's almost like even though Emma Darcy's role was more prevalent than, say, Emily Carey as young uh, Allison, I felt like maybe they, that kind of flipped where hmm. she came in and, and stuff like that. But I feel like younger Rhaenyra was like the like sole focus of those first yeah. five episodes. Yeah, she was definitely the focal point for sure. Yeah, and then I just thought all of her, she just had so many, Millie Alcock as young Rainier, she had so many just powerful, like amazing, um, just absolutely amazing shots and, and scenes that were just so good. Uh, like the White Stag, I mean, the S Song of Ice and Fire, right? Flying in on that first dragon, even when she's like laying in the woods or when she says you're, you're you know, your princess demands you play again. Like there was just so many absolutely epic scenes uh, from her. I mean, they were both fantastic, but if I had to pick one, that is the route I'm going. I think you're just playing to the fans. Um, you know, we run these community polls and I think that you're just trying to go with the popular opinion. And it's <laughs> Quite frankly, it's disgusting. All right. <laughs> uh, no, so they both were great. They were both were great. Uh, Millie Alcock did not make my top five. Yeah, that's okay. hey. Th this is this was tough. It was so tough, <laughs> right? Because I have, I almost want to put, I almost wanted to put um, you and Mitchell's Amond above Emma Darcy, but I feel like next season Emma Darcy is going to be like the character. Oh yeah, for of sure. the whole thing. I mean, I, I, I feel like this this year. I don't know. I feel like maybe our. I don't know. We haven't got there yet, but I feel like our one and two is either. I know it's the same characters. But I don't know if it's going to be flipped or not. So it better not be flipped. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I think so. Okay. So who is your number two? How about this? What if we both say our number two at the same time? Okay. On three. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Dang Patty it. Constantine. Dang it. How dare you? 
<laughs> I can't believe that you would come in here with this blasphemy, this treason. That's fine. So now what we can do is we can say both of our number two, our two and our one. So I have Damon, Matt Smith at one. Jimmy has him at two. I have Viserys at two. And you have Viserys at one. So... I, I, I mean, I just... I thought we were friends. I... I, I <laughs> I didn't know you were you this is treason. Uh, I mean here's 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 my here's here's my difference on it and then we and then you can explain. Obviously, I think, you know, because the Emmys are won on sort of like single episode performances typically he, uh Patty Constantine's going to win an Emmy and it's going to be for episode 8. Hands down, hands down. I don't think I don't think there's any question to that, but if I had to pick start to finish for the whole season, I would say that Matt Smith's Damon was the most constant like character that I feel like everybody was there for. And I felt like, you know, it's like Patty, Patty Constantine had a couple episodes where his character was kind of taking a back seat. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he was great for everything he was in. And then obviously he was like spectacular all time of game of Thrones. Great in that one episode. But if I really have to sort of pick, like who was the best throughout the whole season MVP. I mean, it's Damon. I, so I, I do agree with you. I think Damon took command of almost every scene he was in, even whenever he was like leaning against a pillar in the background, it would cut to his face and he'd like smirk. Like he just has a command over the scene. I think Viserys actually enhances a lot of scenes that he's in without being like overt about it. And uh, Patty's just a fantastic actor that took this role and ran with it for me. I knew Damon was going to be an awesome character. I knew that uh, in the books that it was George's favorite Targaryen. And I had pretty good confidence that Matt Smith was going to do a good job at her seeing him in the crown. So I think expectations played a little bit into this. But for Patty to come in and then take a character that is relatively 2D in the book and very right. passive, which Viserys is kind of a passive king, which is why a lot of people criticize him, right? To take that and then to make it a compelling performance Beyond that, honestly, making it a phenomenal performance is is just an accomplishment as an actor. So for me, it's like Viserys exceeded all expectations in character, in performance, in casting. It, right. it really just came through for me as um, as a surprise. And every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. I think if you took Viserys out of this season, uh, the show would still be good, but I think it would be losing a lot of its soul. Uh, right. and, and, and we felt his loss. We lost a lot of people this season, but when we lost Viserys, uh, it was tough. It was tough to come back the next week knowing he wasn't going to be there. Um, 
So well, and George, and for George to say that his it was better, he was it was like way better than he ever yeah. wrote the character in the book. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, for the you know, a lot of people wondered if House of the Dragon was a show that should have been made. People were wondering, you know, are we going to the well one too many times? Yada yada yada. But like Viserys's performance alone will always be remembered as like a great reason yeah. this existed. Like just to see Patty play Viserys was enough. Uh, like the next three seasons could be, you know, eh, up and down, da 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 da. But we will talk about Viserys's performance forever. I think I so. Know. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's so interesting. I, I'll because Viserys's performance it, it it also sort of mirrors Robert Baratheon right Mark Addy's mm -hmm. performance in season one we're just like man I just want to hang out with this guy right? I wanted more you know, like, I wish we would have more yeah. I know you just I know you just absolutely wish you would have wish you would have would have gotten more but I I just I guess for me that why I why I chose Damon is one you know just kind of like how I talked about I was so pleased with episode one and I, mm -hmm. episode one I had it ranked so high and I had it in my favorite scenes was because I felt like, you know, there was so much hanging on this show to be a success. Right. And I think we sort of knew going into it, like the main star of this show, the, all the star power leading into the show was going to be, was Matt Smith. He yeah. was the one that I was like, especially because American audiences just aren't as familiar with, with Matt Smith. Um, obviously in England, huge because he was Dr. Who, and then he was in the crown um, which has done well in the United States, but it's not like a mega hit like Doctor Who is in England. And that's like super mega right. for them over for them over there. But Game of Thrones over here is like it's like top tier the you know of all of television. And so for him to come in, you know, also considering his other big performance this year was Morbius, uh, which is like, you know, like the worst comic book movie ever. Uh, I thought it was it was huge because there was so much writing on this show. And I felt like he delivered in every single moment uh, he was in. Did he have a mo a single moment as big or epic as Patty Constantine's, you know, episode eight? No, that's the to the throne. Right. That that is like that is like pinnacle Game of Thrones moment. I mean, if we, we could do it because we have because you and I haven't really talked about like the whole both House of Dragon and Game of Thrones. Like what's our top 10 favorite episodes like total ever? which we could do at some point. Uh, yeah. I mean, that performance, that moment for me is probably in a top five of all of game of Thrones moment for me. Yeah. But I still, if I have to look at the whole season, I got to go, I got to go with Matt Smith's Damon. There's just when he cuts Vayman in half, the crab feeder episode. Yeah. Even though it wasn't as cool as the books, when he brings the, the, Stepstone the, the stepstones crown in was super cool. I like that. We actually got, some moments of him where you're actually like, man, Damon is that like he is a complex character, right? When he's mm -hmm. seems like he actually, well, he, you know, did not like his first wife. Uh, seemed like no, he actually he cared. Yeah, he, he actually cared for Lena Valerian, right? And he, you got to see that uh, those moments there. And he just had a lot of like moments where it's like, wow, he is the rogue prince, right? Like when he yeah. goes to Dragonstone and and he's staring down Otto Hightower, and then at the end when he's staring him down again there was there's just there was a he was very good consistently throughout yeah and it's not surprised our our top two you know uh damon and Viserys. anytime that they were in a duo of a scene it, it was always just incredible to watch in the first episode you know air for a day i honestly probably could have made our top five moments it didn't but it could have uh and you just remember the subtle acting from patty gripping 
the sword while he's there's also just so many moments where something will be said and it cuts to damon's face and he's like laughing or smirking yeah. and it's just like oh my god he provided like, some some comedic relief for sure yeah so i mean yeah we were obviously really our our top two we agreed on just but we're in and in, in different spots so um i think we are both in agreement on worst character yeah which is a shame because i don't think that this uh, this actress is is bad i actually i think no. it, it's not really her fault but uh, it's it's Masaria, Masaria, right. and the and specifically the accent and the way the character is portrayed is it's not working. It's not working for me. Yeah, and I think it's also for me. It's also the fact that we only got her in like two episodes, and then it felt like a really long time. And then the scene where she's talking with, and we said this during our favorite episodes and moments and things like that. Um, the scene where she's talking with Otto, it feels like she should have more power, right? I kind of described it as you, you you go back to the scene where Cersei is talking to Baelish about power, right? Like mm -hmm. power is power. But at that point, we had seen Baelish do a lot of crazy stuff and we'd seen him make a lot of big moves. Here he's overreaching. But at that but at that moment in time, we had seen him, you know, get Ned Stark and, you know, make do a lot of political maneuvering. So it felt like he was a legitimate threat when Masaria does it. It's like we have no reason to believe that she's important whatsoever, right? She's like yeah. a whore with Damon in the first episode. She's upset with Damon in the second episode. Then we don't see her again. Yeah, I think we see her actually at the end, the tail we, end yeah. of the dinner scene, and then we end up right. seeing her the next episode, like for a significant amount of time with actual dialogue. Um, and, and again, the actress, even character, like I think Masaria has some cool stuff coming, and oh, definitely, and could be really awesome one of the problems is going to be having to listen to that dreadful accent every time. Um, you know, I don't think Shay from game of Thrones was necessarily the best accent either, but it was far superior to what right. we're getting here. So I, I, I hope that changes, but that, that, right. that is probably my least. And that's all right. That's, that's, it's also, cause I know some people have been like criticizing it online. Like that is not how the actress speaks. That is a no. that, is, that is that is a directing choice. And she's done very well in other roles because uh, I, I went and started looking up clips like just making sure uh, I did the same thing with Galadriel and Rings of Power. I did, too, because the Galadriel yep. and Rings of Power. I cannot stand to watch. Um, and I was like, is it the actress? Nope. Sure. Was right. It? So, yeah. I, what's her what's her name? Uh, Galadriel. No, it's I, I'll look it up here. But I know I did the same thing, too, because I was watching Rings of Power. watching the first few episodes. I was like, is this just how she is? And then I, I went and looked up clips. I was like, no, that's, it's totally a direction. It's a direction like thing. It. So I think yeah, it's, so I think it's the same case for Yeah. yeah. Um, honorable mentions. I got to know. It, it, you can only pick three. Let's just say three honorable mentions. Okay. A little spiel about why they should have made the list and they didn't. Um, I'll go first and say Lena Valerian was yeah. so close to making my list because her death scene impacted me greatly. I've went over the fact that I said that the end of that episode was too rushed is specifically her scene, but her performance, regardless of all the external factors of the episode, uh, I thought just did a fantastic job. I think those moments with Damon on dragon back. And then the conversation that she has with him, that episode are actually, uh, integral to making Damon a more rounded character and gives a lot more insight to him and, uh, just really nailed that role and was only around for really an episode. And it's, it's kind of a shame, but, uh, Lynn, Lynn Valerian probably should have made my, uh, 
my list. Yeah, my number six, I said it earlier, would be Ewan Mitchell's Aemon, Tar- older Aemon, mm-hmm. Aemon Targaryen. I mean, versus. I mean, I would not be. I would not be. I would not be shocked at all if he doesn't win an Emmy next year or next season. You know, in, yeah. in twenty. It would be, I guess, 2025 if we get the show in 2024 oh, uh, when no. when he when he wins it. But I mean, he clearly it's like I don't know this actor from anything, but like there are so many things I want to see him now. I mean, first of all, Netflix. Have <laughs> him play have him play the Witcher because I'd watch that. I mean, he seems way more believ- believable as the Witcher than uh, Liam, Liam Liam Hemsworth, not Chris Hemsworth. Right. Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> Crikey, Yennefer. I mean, Crikey. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's, I'm not, not looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> even though he's only he's only in those few scenes, but it's like, especially episode eight, right? He's just staring at, at, at people and you're just like, this dude is about to go off and it is like so unhinged and you're just like he's like a ticking time bomb just I mean, waiting to go and it's just it's so powerful and so believable i mean matt he had damon targaryen shook <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> oh, so ridiculous so yeah so he i would i would have to i would obviously have to have him as an, as an honorable mention uh yeah my number two honorable mention i guess i'll, I'll only list three but number two would be right. cordless uh cordless valerian which yeah. is steve tucson I, I really wanted to put him on here but i thought rainies actually did more for that character than than he did for himself actually even though him coming back from his fever and walking in and being like where's damon and then delivering the fact that he can bring his fleet and uh you know really good good acting but also impactful and right. uh yeah steve tucson definitely deserves a uh yeah, especially Yeah, especially because um the reason I, I I I actually I really wanted to put him on my list, but not only you know some of these actors I think benefit. So say like Amond, um Ewan Mitchell's Amond benefits from not just being in 3 episodes towards the end, but like really being in them fully. See Trussant's character of Corliss you know, going into the show, I was like, I'm actually excited for it. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, some people were like, I don't want black Valerians because it's not booked. And I'm like, dude, I don't, first of all, I don't care as long as it's good. And second of all, he's an amazing actor. So I'm down uh, for it because I want it to be the best, the best acting possible. And it ended up working out incredibly well because the whole plot is about, they don't look like us. So it ended right. Up working. right. It was perfect. And George Martin said, let's do it. So I'm there. He, um he though it's not only he was in a lot of episodes but he was only in episodes for a handful of minutes mm-hmm. so it was hard for me to kind of put him on the list just because it was like he was impactful but he was impactful like very sporadically whereas i yes. feel like it's it'd be better to be in like one full episode where you're a main focal point yeah i mean he's very he is coreless right in my head like some oh, like yeah. some characters like even though um agon is like acted in and you know i thought those performances were great uh like when i read the book i don't know if i'll picture those agons but i will right. picture this cordless when i read oh, fire yeah. and blood again and yeah. any kind of histories and also there's some really cool stuff that cordless is going to be a part of in the future mm-hmm. and i think that this role has a very high ceiling so yeah uh, i'll be excited to see where steve Toussaint takes it and uh and, and see what he can deliver yeah. Um, so obviously I could pick like Emma Darcy because, you know, she didn't make my list, but we did yeah. talk about 
we did talk we did talk about them um the young and the different versions same with emily carey so i'll pick uh another person here i'm gonna go with matthew needham who was laris strong because reaper a very he is playing that role very well and you need that character as one of these not you know yeah. outside outside forces and man way another performance that is way better than uh the character in the book i mean he came in he kicked in the door and then he jumped two <laughs> feet first into the <laughs> You need it. You need it, man. You need you need something weird. It's like, what is the deal, right? He jumped in feet first. That's all I'm saying. I he mean, did. he he really nailed he the did. role. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, he's he, in he's in a lot of the episodes. He he sure is. And, and every time, every time screen, they cut to him, it's creepy and weird as all get out. But that's good. You need that character. Kind of has the Ramsey effect in a way. Like when Ramsey was on the screen, you always like had to brace. And like if you're watching with your parents, you're like, uh, maybe I should like pause it and like go somewhere else. You know what I mean? And I feel like when Laris is on the screen, it's a different type of character, but same effect. Anytime he's on the screen, I'm like this is going to get weird and this is going to get uncomfortable very fast. Yeah. And he's dangerous. You feel when he's on the screen, you, he feels dangerous because he killed his brother and his dad. Performed like, kinslaying without even considering it. Just did it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what the the last one I'll mention um, is anyone who played Aegon, including the including the little baby in, uh, yeah. in, the, in the hunt. <laughs> I, I don't care. Anyone that touched the name Aegon as an actor this season absolutely killed it. I think. Including um, both babies. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's two. That's yeah. true. So we have four Aegons in this yeah. season. Props to all of them, but I really liked Tenet's kid. I thought he did a fantastic job and was very detestable immediately for some reason. And then uh, whoever is playing this older Aegon, I, I don't know their name, but, but yeah, I mean, the coronation scene. Uh, let and, me see. Uh, I guess I have I have the list pulled up here. Uh, Tom Glenn Carney. Yeah, fantastic and, job. And I think he's going to be really good going yeah. forward. Yeah. And actually, it's kind of interesting because... Um, I said actually in a Twitter post to me, actually, because the way they portray Aegon in the books is actually kind of like a bigger, like more kind of stout guy. But I think I kind of like this. I, actually, I almost feel like in a way he would be absolutely perfectly cast for another Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire character. Uh, he would be the absolute perfect Damon Blackfire the second. OK, OK, I can see that. The one that's in the Dunkin' Egg story. I mean, if you yeah. look, if you look, if you look at his description, you look at fan art of it, you look at like sort of the art in the graphic novels and everything, he would be absolutely perfect. Like he almost looks like the art in the in in that in like that graphic novel and all any of the Dunkin' Egg artwork for it. He, I mean, man, he looks just like I'm like, wow, he would be perfect for that role. Maybe he's but got I a think he's, Yeah, maybe he's. Well, he can all, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you play multiple, you know, characters and stuff like that. So absolutely. Yeah. Great. So, okay. So I guess, um, so I, I guess I'll pick, uh, pick one more here and I'm going to go with uh, kind of a small, another small character here. And just because it's a total change from the books, but I feel like going forward, it's going to be a big deal. That's Graham McTavish. Okay. So Harold Westerling, we don't, you don't get much. <laughs> But he's kind of that Barristan Selmy role, and they kind of do a different thing. But I think going forward, he's going to be really cool. And he's another sort of big actor that uh, carries some weight. And man, every time he's on the screen, you're paying attention. 
Oh, definitely. And and he's been cast in other things and is always just a dependable person uh, to have in a cast. So uh, shouts out to him. And I, I hope he comes and punches Crispy Cole right in the teeth. Yeah. Okay. There's another one. Chris, I think uh, the casting. Of Chris so, Cole. Hateable. so, so hateable. So hateable. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. Any other castings that uh, I know we were talking about any other maybe that we didn't like that we didn't. There weren't really that I honestly thought were were. Bad, I mean, bad or or like performances. Ooh. I can't really think of any performance other than Masaria, really, that I was kind of like, was this particularly one fond of. is maybe because of retrospect. But I think that the the child actor that was playing Lenor early, mm -hmm. it, it was fine. But the older actor for Lenor was far superior. Like you really mean the, the the young young in like episode one when yes, they're little the young, kids yes the young young or do you mean the one that was in the stepstones episode as like a that's teenager. what I'm talking about that's what I'm okay. talking about there was three Lanors I'm sorry yeah. yeah the the second oldest one it wasn't that he was bad he was only he was only there for yeah for a little bit yeah. for just a split second but like I don't know it it, it didn't didn't resonate didn't hit with his, me. like oh that's Lanor right. I guess you're kind of like who's that again yeah yeah and then the older Lanor. I mean, I thought he was just fantastic. So um, I, I'm nitpicking at this point because we're very fortunate uh, as fans of that. It's all amazing right? that. Yeah. You know, we, we're not having to really worry about uh, the writing. We're not having to really worry about the characters and, and, and the acting and the um, cinematography or any of that stuff. We get to kind of pick it apart for being a great show. Right. And when you have right. a great show, you can kind of critique the small things. And that's man. Is that not so much peace of mind after some of the fancy right. shows that we've had come down the pipe? in the last few years where it's like, well, that whole episode was shot terribly, unfortunately, because no, of CGI right. or, or whatever it might be. We don't have to worry about that with this show. So uh, there's really no bad performances per se, in my opinion, but yeah. Uh, yeah. What is, what, what a, what a lucky, lucky group of people we are. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for supporting us. For those of you who do that on, on Patreon, we are going to be having a Patreon hangout come soon. It's going to be the end of the month. Um, I think that Monday, the 20, whatever it is, Monday, the 29th or something. Mm -hmm. um, so is it the 29th? Uh, uh, the 28th. Yeah. So Monday, the 28th. And then uh, we'll, We'll find a time once we get closer. I'll post it in in Patreon. But uh, thank you for all of that. I've been uploading more of the page, old, some of the old Patreon stuff up to Apple Premium for those of you guys who are over there. So just a lot of cool stuff and so much more House of the Dragon to break down. And then we'll be diving back into the books. We'll be diving back into. And I think Jimmy and I are going to dive through the Rise of the Dragon book. Yeah, yeah. We know that, it, uh, you know, a lot of it is from um fire and blood and the world of ice and fire but uh it's something that we can go over and we can talk about the new artwork that's in there and uh relive some targaryen history sounds fun yes absolutely yeah so we'll be doing some of that too so there's a ton more content coming your guys way so as always thank you guys for watching thank you guys for listening be sure to hit that subscribe button because apparently a lot of you vote on the polls but you haven't clicked the subscribe button so Smack. really really appreciate it so with that guys as always remember that winter is coming
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.